Welcome into episode 45 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at ByCA Simmons and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. We've got a ton to get through on this podcast. We've got SMU recap. We're going to talk a little, uh, little, a little bit about uh, UCF's 25 game winning streak and how that has ruined everything kind of. Um, and then we'll talk about Dylan Gabriel and then we'll give our predictions for this Saturday's game against UConn. But before we get into that, I want to interrupt you already. Yes. I thought that I was the one who broke the 25 game win streak discussion. And I wanted to be like very delicate about how we get into that. Cause I didn't want people <laughs> to have the wrong idea of what I'm trying to say. And then you opened it with, and how the 25 game win streak ruined everything. So that's great. I'm glad that's <laughs> now just plug that in your brain for another 20 minutes. Then we'll get there. <laughs> I needed people to stick around and be like, wait, what are they going to say about the 25 game winning streak? That was, we're going for like shock factor now. Yeah, we podcast. are. Got to. I need people to listen to this podcast for as long as possible. I'm tired of people clicking out early. None of them click out <laughs> early. They just click out when you start the news. They make it through 80%. Whatever. We get to like, we're usually at like 80, 85% retention by the time you start the news. And that's what Well, then I'm going to start dropping like bombshell things in the news. Like what? I don't know. But we, well, the thing <laughs> is that we, we're not saving for the news because probably people wouldn't even listen to us talk about it. Uh, UCF dropped the new Stay tuned logo. for the news where, where we'll fill you in on Mark Daniels' latest insider information about UCF athletics. <laughs> so well, I guess we'll get there. That's a joke that I don't know if all of you are going to understand. but um, We'll get there. And the, it was funny, the I promise. Discussion. But okay. UCF dropped a new secondary logo or an updated secondary logo. Yeah, they did. And like literally like an hour before this podcast. And I'm taking some time to like figure out how I feel about it. A lot everybody of people love loves it, it immediately. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Um, I'm still making up my mind. I I, I uh I have it. We've talked about I don't know if you talked on this podcast before. My like default reaction to everything new is to dislike it and then I gradually warm up to it. I've I don't know if you've everything. talked about that on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure that's not gonna surprise anyone. Probably not. But this will shock people. I way back in 2016, I did not like UCF's new uniforms when they first got dropped. It took me about three hours to decide that I actually love them. Like it, I, I just do this. I don't know why. Like everything that is new to me is foreign and bad, and then I decided whether I like it or not. This one I'm having a harder time with because unlike most of you, I really liked the Nighthead. I feel like that's the difference. Is everyone really hated the old version, yeah. and I loved it. And so we'll see. This one's definitely better for like merchandise type stuff. Like this one will look cooler on like a jacket or like a shirt than the old one will, but I don't see it looking better as a decal. We'll see how it looks like ghosted and everything, but yeah, I, I don't even know if they intend to use it as a decal at some point, but I, think I, don't about... I, I don't know. I like for a decal, you need like a logo that's kind of like front facing, like the old night heads like on an angle. So it looks like it's moving forward. Like I don't like decals that are just like staring you down so i don't know if it works as a decal yeah my my initial thought was like ooh, i don't know but then again like there are just things that come out that are new and i'm like maybe i don't like i'm not i don't like it because i'm not used to it and so maybe after a while i'll get used to it no it's already within the last within the last hour it's grown on me um considerably and i think it probably will as the more i see it like in execution and the more i just kind of see it and get used to it i feel like i'll be like okay cool I do um, like, I didn't notice it until I read the release on it, that the the collar, is it called a collar if it's a knight? I don't I know. Think like so. The neck part is shaped <laughs> like the, is shaped to mimic the star from the UCF logo. That's also yeah. on the collar. That's pretty cool. That's a good I like that. Yeah. I mean, there's um, little elements to it. And I, I think it's one of those things that will, it'll grow on me. 
No, what I am laughing at is a lot of people didn't like, and I was not one of these people, a lot of people didn't like the old Nighthead because they said the grill or whatever you want to call it looked like a train, and they leaned into that like heavy for the yeah. new one, so I'm sure those fans are extra upset. <laughs> but no, I think it's, def- it's definitely like, I want to be clear, like it's not bad. Like it's a good logo. I'm just, I'm just, I wasn't expecting to suddenly have to say goodbye to the night. <laughs> no yeah, idea. it was, it felt and like it was out of nowhere. Emotional. <laughs> yeah. I guess because it kind of was out of nowhere for, for the majority of everyone. It was definitely um, out of nowhere. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, it's already, it's the fact that it's already grown on me within like the first 30 minutes of seeing it. I'm like, okay, I um, think I'll, I'll eventually get used to it. But Mike, if you're listening to this, I just saw your tweet. I don't think we're going to see this for Black Friday because they said in the release that this isn't going to be used until the next academic year. So yeah, they said, they said that they're releasing it now so they can get everything correct with like the merchandising orders and everything for next fall. Yeah. So it was like kind of like a preview, but it's not like this is part of the brand now. What I found way more interesting or not way more interesting, but just also very interesting was that the script nights is now like been elevated to a tertiary. I'm logo. I'm sure you could tell I'm very happy about that. Are you? Because you haven't, you're just looking at me with like a grim face. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I mean like everything I've said on past podcasts and told you about the script nights logo, like I'm very, very excited. Like more of that, the more of that there is, the happier I'm going to be. Yeah, no, I, I'm very, I'm very excited. I still want one of those script nights hoodies that I see all the put the script, put the script nights everywhere, man. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, I just, I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. Anyway, still, still I guess we should like do a non-uniform podcast now. Yeah. You want to talk, uh, well, I don't know, even if you said no, we're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, UCF's came against SMU. No, um, I actually want to talk about the Spider-Man trailer, but we can talk about it, uh, SMU instead. So the uh, SMU-UCF game didn't go as we expected. You and I were both like, uh, you and I both predicted UCF would lose. Yeah, we and then we said, But then we said, oh, we wouldn't be surprised if UCF managed to win. And even if they did lose, we both thought it was going to be much closer than 55 to 28. Yeah, didn't see them getting freaking killed coming. Um I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm way more annoyed than I was after the Cincy game. And I think because like, you know, I mean, you remember, I mean, we kind of talked ourselves into UCF having a shot in the Cincy. We didn't kind of, we straight up talked ourselves <laughs> into UCF having a shot in Cincy. Like, and, and I feel like some part of my brain understood throughout that, that we were talking ourselves into it. Yeah. And this time I had no idea that they were going to kill UCF. Like that totally caught me off guard. And it just sucks. Cause I don't really know, like, it's so hard to judge anything from this year with the injuries. And I, so I just have, and not having Bowser really hurt um, Johnny Richardson, just, I'm sorry, but he was very bad. And we've kind of gotten to the point now where I'm just like, I don't get why he is getting in over Mark Anthony Richards or even Trillian Coles. I don't know if there's something like off field or something like I genuinely Mark Anthony Richards, every time he's gotten in this entire season, he's looked good. And then he never gets more than a few carries a game. I don't get what that's about. It's time to quit with Johnny filling in for Isaiah. It's not working. He can't. He just can't. I mean, he he just can't. I'm sorry. But. <laughs> you think it's a, a load management thing with uh, Mark Anthony Richards? Maybe because he was hurt in the offseason, but I'm it's I've just had load management Johnny. because hey, this season's shot and he's got a, a like he's here for the long term. So let's not like put is extra, Johnny not? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe they like Mark Anthony Richards better and he's going to be more of a thing going forward. I don't know. If you That's like good. him better, plan. That's I mean, a complete. We had a, we had great. I mean, John. I mean, look, Johnny's had an up and down season the whole time, but we had a couple of great moments from him. We had him picking up the first down, then cutting back three yards for no reason and losing it on a third down, and then that ended up being a uh, they're going out and throw it down. Um, he had his lovely downing the ball at the one yard line, um, on a kickoff. That was great. I don't know why special teams is so bad. I've just, I've just had enough Johnny. Like I've had enough of it. I, 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 and it'd be one thing if I was like, ah, they must not have anything else there. But like we've seen Mar. And that he's really good. And I don't get why they're sticking with Johnny. It just, that was a frustrating game. 
That was a really frustrating game. Do you want me to rub some salt in the wound? I'm sure you you maybe remember this. Um, You remember, like, I think we made some predictions or whatever for, like, the second half of the season. And, like, your breakout player was was Johnny Richardson. Stop. I mean, mine was Trillian Coles, and he hasn't played since the ECU game. I didn't say that. There's no audio evidence that I said that. He deleted the podcast. My uh, Mine was Trillian Coles, and he hasn't played since the ECU game, so... Yeah, which we had a theory that maybe they redshirted him, but he's already redshirted because he played in exactly four games and he's yeah. gone. And he didn't look bad. He didn't look like he wasn't like lighting it up, but he didn't look no. bad by any stretch. No, I mean, I never, I it didn't. Yeah, I really don't know what's happening there, but maybe he got hurt. Maybe, I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things that's going on right now that I'm like, just, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I do just, I, I do just appreciate the, um, I, I'm just really grateful that the staff though is always so open about what's going on. That's really nice. That's really helpful <laughs> Um, my other thing about this game is, and like I said, it's just, it's hard to tell because of the injuries, because like, truthfully, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of a, well, I can't say that's a curse word. I'm just kind of a jerk. If I like say that, oh, well, UCF would have won that game with Dylan Gabriel when they lose that bad. Yeah. Like, you know, and I'm just kind of at the point where we've seen where UCF is this year. They match up with anybody in the conference except the top three teams. And they're not even remotely close to those top three teams. Like they like they've played two of them and have just gotten completely crushed by both of them. So I don't know where that leaves UCF long term. Like, is there really is it just is are the injuries what made that gap, or is there that much of a gap between UCF and the top of the league? I'm sure it's some like medium between both of them. I maybe I really but I'm I'm at the point now where I'll I'll just flat out say like I don't think even UCF at full strength would have contended for the conference title. Well, they no, would have contended, yeah. but they would have not been in that game. I, right. I, just, I don't buy that. Yeah, I mean, well, knowing what we know now, yeah, I, I agree. What really annoyed me about this game, because we, we did, we like, we're like, okay, well, we both picked SMU to win, but we're like, UCF really could and maybe should win this game. UCF or SMU seemed to be like on a bit of a downturn, had lost two straight, and all the rumors are coached. Like, it was like, okay, UCF, like, this could be a big, a big win for UCF. And, and the defense on, had been playing lights out. Yeah, early on, UCF gets a stop on fourth down in SMU territory, and then they turn that into a touchdown. And I think I texted you, I was like, we're winning this game. Yeah. And, they, they continued like they think after that they gave up like a, a pretty quick touchdown and they hung around for a little bit and then all of a sudden it was just like nothing and the offense couldn't score without a short field and then the defense couldn't stop anybody and I do love Mikey and I'm standing by him forever and I and he didn't have like a bad game he had an up and down game and I still like I, I like Mikey a lot and I'm excited to see what he does down the road but that was definitely a game we're not having Dylan really stuck out to me because there were a few plays early in the game where they've tried these deep balls to O'Keefe and Jalen and had him in like mm-hmm. a window and Mikey just couldn't quite get the pass there. They, they weren't like horrible throws. It was just like a little overthrown on one, a little underthrown on the other. I'm just like, those are the throws that Dylan, you know, that's his thing. And I'm like, man, if, if we had a QB that could hit those that were taking the lead here. And uh, so that was annoying, but I just, I don't know. I, and- I, I I don't know why this one of all the losses this year has bothered me so much, but it this really, throw, I guess just because I just don't think that, what'd you say? I was going to say those throws that you're talking about are so impactful because yeah, like, oh, you miss them. Like, okay, maybe whatever. But if you hit those throws, like they're, they're game changing plays. They're we're talking lead, like 50 plus changing, yard gains. Yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, 40 yard touchdown. Like they're lead changing things that happen. And if it doesn't happen, it turns into a, a long, a long gain on third down to, oh, we have to punt and then give the ball right back to, to SMU who's going to score again. It's yeah. just those and that was the things. biggest disappointment to me was the defense just looked and it was so weird it was like like they actually didn't look bad until third down and then they just <laughs> couldn't stop them and then they'd allow like a 30-yard touchdown yeah. and I know that everyone like or not everyone a lot of people have been like oh well you know it was just the competition the defense only looked better because they play against worse teams first off 
I don't care who you're playing against. The defense was holding teams to eight points in your last three. Like they're a good defense. Yeah. And the other thing I don't get is they were playing bad against bad teams earlier. I mean, they let Bethune Cookman score 14 and Bethune actually looked like kind of good in that first half. They let Navy beat them and put up 30. Navy's horrible. So I don't buy that. Oh no, the defense hasn't changed it. Just like the defense has gotten a lot better. They just did not play well. That's all. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was just frustrating. Like you mentioned, like, I don't know. I think, as we said last week, like this game was determining whether or not UCF finished eight and four or nine and three. And we talked about how weird it is. There feels like such a big difference between nine and three and eight and four, but not only that, it's just, we get to the season, we get to the end of the season. If UCS eight and four, as we expect them to be like, you look back and you're like the only real, like impressive ish win that you can look at is Boise state. The Boise state hasn't had a good year, but looking back at the time, that was a, that was a good, a good win, a big win to start the season. Um, and then you look at the games, obviously Cincinnati and SMU, and they didn't even compete. And so that's where you kind of look at the season as a whole. And you're like, uh, what's hilarious is right now there, you can make an argument that ECU is their best win. That is true. Yeah. Cause e- ECU is bowl eligible now, which we talked six about and four. We yeah. talked about, uh, weeks ago. But... So I just, I don't know where you, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not like I, the biggest swing between eight and four and nine and three to me is like, listen, we said the moment Dylan went down. We said on that podcast, and I put the Twitter poll up, and y'all agree with me that we'd be happy with eight and four, and that's what we're getting now. So we should be happy with it. And I'm not, but but we should be. <laughs> I would say, and I think I- part of it too is like um, when you look ahead to the bowl, is like if you're nine and three and you lose the bowl, you're nine and four, and it's like still a decent record. Yeah. But if you're like, I don't want to be eight and five, man. <laughs> I, I really don't. It want feels it. like such a like a yeah like a mid range nine and four there's a and i like i understand that it makes no discernible difference for the future of ucf but at all like none but it just is how i feel about it you know what it is winning nine games with all these injuries would be great eight and five would make me sad still good it's it's the talking point that if you go nine and four like if you win your bowl game go nine and four you're like oh like a couple plays different we win 10 games 100 yeah but now it's like i I, now i'll be able to say forever if they didn't blow the navy game they would have won 10 games (laughs) you know but yeah. my, my other thing is like, and I'm, we're going to have to watch for this and I'm going to call anybody out who does it. And we, we might do, and I'll call us out too, is every single year. And this isn't a UCF thing. This is a college football thing. You teams go to a bowl game and whatever happens in that bowl defines the next eight months of conversation <laughs> every year that happens with every team. And like, we're not doing that because it doesn't, if UCF wins the bowl by 30 points, it doesn't freaking change what's happening in 2022. They lose the bowl by 30. It doesn't freaking change what's happening in 2022. So I would say it doesn't change anything. I would say that I think we did. And maybe it was just because there's so much change in the off season that I think we did a fine enough job. Like we started this podcast like a month after they got rocked by BYU. And I don't think we really like let that bowl game itself define much. Well, once so I think we did uh, a yes, decent it, job. Yes, it that. did. You're absolutely doing revisionist history here. Am it, I? It, the, yes, big time. And this was before we had the podcast. It, what changed was that we got a new coaching staff. So yeah. it was suddenly like that didn't matter. You were like, we had discussions before that was where you were like, the program is dead. Like you were like, I don't even, I'm not even, I don't even care about next season. Like it was literally like people were despondent at that bowl. And I will pull up the text. You did text me that. I don't think and, I ever said the program is dead. I was right, very, that very, was an exaggeration, but very, you straight, you, I remember at one point you said to me, you're like, I just, I'm not even excited. About this. I like, was I'm very, very down on Josh Heupel and very down on where the program was. And, and a lot I, of people, I think I had a right a lot to of people be. were, but if they'd won that bowl game, we would have been like, wow, they've turned it around. They're going to be in the new year six next year. They beat a top 25. It's like, just stop it. Stop it. Just stop. Just stop caring about bowls or don't stop caring about them. Like <laughs> enjoy the game, but stop thinking that they inform you on next season because they really don't. They don't inform you on next season any more than the Tulane game did. Or it's just another game. It really is. 
there were a lot of that reasons being, last that, that, that the bowl game was not said, the only reason last year i was like not excited for this coming no, season the, there, were a lot, there were a lot of reasons. that was yeah i still feel justified can you hear my dog right now sure can she's whimpering um it's, a, it's that being one. said, if if Mikey Keene has like five touchdowns against the bull opponent, <laughs> assuming uh, he's like, winning the Heisman like, next year, he's winning the Heisman next year. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going all in on. Um, yeah. Can yeah. we stop talking about SMU now? Unless you have anything else yeah. to say. Let's let's move on. Okay. Because I don't really want to harp on that game ever any again, honestly. Cool. Um, let's move on forever. <laughs> By the way, I just want to point out a thing about uh, uh, USF fans. Because for the longest time, and even still kind of today, because it's tied, like USF fans, like UCF goes, beats USF, not FSU, beats USF by like 20, 25. And USF fans like, oh, yeah, well, we lead the series like six to four. And I'm like, you know what I didn't see any UCF fan do? Remind SMU that we lead the series. Like, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter who leads us. Like, I just, I, I it's such a stupid thing. I was, I was thinking about that because I was looking at the our past games against SMU and I'm like, Oh, we're still eight and two against them. I'm like, that just means nothing. <laughs> like that literally just doesn't mean a freaking thing. Yeah. And I love that USF fans for years as UCF year by year crept up on them. We're like, we lead the all time series. And I'm like, you haven't been to a bowl in three seasons, but congrats on your series lead. And then freaking losers. Oh my next God. year, next or not next year, next week, UCF has a chance to take the lead and they have, they don't have that talking point anymore. Well, they already <laughs> Quote, don't. It has but, a chance. I think, I think they know, can show up. And think it. Oh, that's another so. thing about, okay, well, I, this is another thing I want to talk about with, wow, you're, Bailey's on mute now because his dog's uh, just, you know, went nuts. You heard it. Um, the thing about like USF is a lot of UCF fans on Twitter are in my replies now are like, oh man, nah, USF's going to beat us. They have a quarterback that's way better than Mikey. Uh, to McLean, first off, that's just stupid. Like, I'm sorry, guys, but no. I looked up this. I, I thought that was when I looked at the stats. So, Timmy McLean completes 54% of his passes. He has five touchdowns to six picks. Mikey, 63% completion, 13 touchdowns to six picks. Like, what are you talking about, guys? Just stop. And this is what I'm talking about not letting one game influence things too much. Like, I don't get how pre-SMU you can be convinced that they're going to blow out USF and then SMU have – like, I don't get how losing to a really good team changes how you're going to play against an awful team. I don't get that. I don't get that. And I'd love if Bailey could respond, but his dog keeps barking. It's um it's really just it's just what fandom does. Everything is like you get too high and you get too low off of one result. That's how it goes. And then maybe that's what we did after the last few wins. But I, I don't understand how, like, I just don't get that connection where it's like, oh yeah, no. I mean SMU's really good. They're probably the second best team in the conference. They're now eight and the, two. I I mean, I know Houston beat them head to head, so I don't want to sound like the playoff committee and be like, well, I think SMU's better. But, you know, I mean, SMU is really good and USF is really bad. So I don't get how playing badly against a really good team means you can't beat a really bad team. I don't get, I don't get that. It makes I'm no not sense. worried about the USF game, even like a little teeny tiny bit. That team is not good. And people also like, and you even said like some people are like, oh, they're putting it together. I'm like, they're really not like I've been watching their games. Like they are looking better, but they're not looking good. They're just not looking awful. I mean, I don't know. And UCF hasn't lost a home game in front of a capacity <laughs> crowd. just getting into our USF preview. I mean, come on. Are you well, I, mean, I, I was just so, I, well, I was just so annoyed by that when everyone suddenly was like, ah, because I tweet because the Chris Torello guy who's always like a beacon of uh, joy for UCF fans like tweeted like USF USF can win this game. I haven't muted like, and I'm like, buddy, they just can't like they just can't. So, but you said, but I tweeted that. I think I just tweeted like, ha ha ha, and all these UCF fans are like, oh, I don't know, I'm worried. I'm like, no, don't be, don't be, just don't be worried. So can we can we enjoy the fact that UCF is going to have an eight and four season? Nope. Nope. Can anyone? Is that your lead? Is that your lead in to our next topic? It is. Okay. Can I frame you, what I'm trying to get at here? Yeah, because you you okay. approached me about this, and I yeah, we definitely need to be very careful about the way we approach this because, and as we've discussed off the podcast, like we know already know how people are going to respond to this discussion, 
even though we're going to make clear what we mean, they're still going to respond the way we know they're going to respond. Yeah, go so ahead. I just want to try to like phrase this very delicately. I am in no way, no way saying that UCF should have lower expectations than they do now. I'm not saying an eight and four season should be acceptable, although with these injuries, it maybe kind of should be. But I was just thinking back on the last few years, and I feel like the, the long-term downside of the 25-game win streak is I feel like we literally can't enjoy seasons anymore unless it's undefeated. Like, it really feels that way. Like, and I'm not, like, I don't know. 2020, I get not enjoying that year. This year, the injuries, it's been frustrating. And, like, I feel like I haven't enjoyed some of this, a lot of this year. Yeah. And the one that really drives me is 2019. I mean, UCF won 10 games, was the top 25 team that year. And most fans remember that as a bad year. And I was just looking at what made me start thinking about this was when Kansas beat Texas this weekend. And it's just like, I feel like for the last 20 years, Texas fans have just been mad. And I'm just like, is that us now? Like, are we just like, like, and I'm not, and again, I'm not trying to say an eight and four season should be acceptable or that we should expect less, but I'm just kind of like, that's the downside of having some successes. It literally feels like seasons are like 80% of UCF seasons from now on will not be enjoyable because they are not going to win 12 games every year. They're never going to do that. I'm sorry, but they're not. I, I, I like how many teams do that win 12 games every year in the whole country. We Maybe started four. We started to see that in 2019, like the first the first game they lost when they lost to Pitt, it was like the world had ended. It was a big deal, and it I was, I contributed to that. Oh yeah, I, mean, I we was were all, super upset because it was it was also it was a game they shouldn't have lost, but whatever. Um, we just started to see that in 2019, and yeah, I think like and, and like you said, like it should not be a thing where expectations shouldn't be high or anything like that. Obviously, UCF has gotten to a point where expectations have progressed and elevated, but I think it's like for a season like this where they've had all these injuries and they're going to finish eight and four. Like, I think we could just say the slogan is like, it could always be worse because it has been worse. <laughs> it has been worse. It has been a lot worse in the past. And for eight, for you to go eight and four, you know, I, but again, that's not even what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm yeah. not even trying to turn into like, you should accept eight and four. And no, no. Like, did I wait? Is that, is that it, how it sounded? I was, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I don't know a little bit. That's, that's how yeah. maybe I'm, I'm off that. I, I just, to me, it's just like, I don't even really know who I'm complaining to. I'm not really complaining about the fans. It's just kind of like, it just kind of sucks. Like, it just sort of sucks that that's the way things are. And I guess the what I would ask of fans is to be less, I mean, I feel like there's two types of fan bases and someone who disagrees with me might say the first I'm about to describe is an apathetic fan base. But I feel like the two types of fan bases are, you have a great year and it's a great year and you love it. You realize you're not having that year again in whatever season you're in. You go, oh man, it's not our year you still enjoy the season. And then there's the Miami slash Texas slash Nebraska fan bases who are like for the third straight year, they, they start like one and two. And they're just like, this is unacceptable. We like, I hate everything. We must fire everyone. And I'm just like, and, and I'm, not, I'm like, no, UCF fans are asking for anybody to get fired, but it does just seem like UCF fans have kind of lost the ability to enjoy anything unless UCF is literally undefeated. Like it literally just feels like this season is just going through the motions, you know, for a lot of the fan base. And that sucks to me. That, that does suck because there, that, because that basically means for the rest of time, maybe like at best, like two out of three seasons, you're just not going to enjoy or want to watch or want to care about it. And that sucks. That does yeah. suck. I don't know if it was worth it. I don't know if it was worth <laughs> it. I really don't. I'm serious at this point. Like I loved that 25 game win streak was great. And Big, we're three years now from it and it's kind of felt like everything has sucked since then or at least fans and it hasn't but that's kind of how fans have acted and i'm just like is that us now are we just texas we're just going to keep like complaining that i just talked about the good old days and every year think we're going to be back there and i think ucf can get back there like i'm not saying like oh they're never gonna be but like i just 
we were really dumb, all of us, to decide that that was the standard now. It, it, that was really stupid of us. And it just feels like we can't get out of that. With Texas and all of them, like, I don't want UCS fan base to become that. Right. I don't, and I, Maybe and the like, size, that's but... why I'm trying to toe the line. Like, I'm not sitting, like, I don't want this to come off as like I'm saying here and like, ah, yeah, you know, like, UCF's never going to win a conference title. And that's great. Like, it sucks that they're going to be on their biggest conference title drought ever now. And I think they'll get back there, but it's just, I wish that we could enjoy the years in between. And I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to be high and mighty. Like, oh, I am like, I've been annoyed like this whole week after the SMU game. And it, it just sort of hit me. I'm like, man, it's like, they're going to go eight and four. And it's just kind of been annoying the whole way. And that sucks. Like, I just, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, honestly, we can leave it here. And it's just, it's one of those things. We don't want UCS fan base going down that road, but, and again, we're not trying to lessen expectations or anything because expectations are fine, but We'll go, we'll go ahead and move on. We'll move on to our, our third topic here. And this is one that I think we disagree on because you, you kind of hinted on it, at it on Twitter and we, when we talked about it on, I think it was on Monday night. Yeah. Um, it said, should Dylan Gabriel return this season? If he's like physically able to, obviously, with, with his, after his injury, should he, like, is there any point for him to come back for the final two games in the bowl game? Because I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't really think it really, I, it's okay. I need to be clear here. It's not that I don't want him to come back because I would love to see him come back. love to see him play again this season, all that. Yeah, why I do you hate Dylan Gabriel? I just don't think it's really worth it for him. And I, I don't know what there really is to gain from having him come back this season. Um, I think what there is to gain is that it's as simple as UCF has a better chance winning with him than without him. Yeah. And I don't really get the whole like, well, what's worth like I don't get like USF is our rival. I don't get how him not co- like coming back for that isn't worth it. And I also get like from his perspective, like this isn't like a Milton injury where it's like a re-aggravation type thing. Like once you're cleared, you're cleared. Yeah. And if you can play, I just don't, I don't understand why Dylan Gabriel would be fully healthy and ready to go. And whether it be for one games or two game, one game or two games, just be like, yeah, I, I'm fine chilling on the sideline, even though I'm totally healthy and could be out there right now. I don't get, I don't get the take there. I, I just don't get why that would be a thing they'd want to do, especially when he's the, I mean, he's the better quarterback right now. I mean, he, he makes the team better. See, I agree with that. I'm just, I feel like on, on his part, why risk anything further on games that really don't matter? Like okay, this is kind of what, think, this kind of goes into really a whole have... conversation. So now the war on I-4 doesn't matter? No, I don't think you really, I don't think you really need Dylan Gabriel to beat USF. I would like for him to play again. I would yeah, like for him like to come back, to but I just don't think it's like a thing where like, oh, they need him to come back. I think the other thing you have to look at is I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. It's not like it's no insider information we have. If you're on Twitter or or specifically the dungeon, you see how people are like, oh, maybe Dylan Gabriel's going to transfer. And as far as I can tell, there's no evidence of that other than just people keep floating it. Like, yeah. oh, it could happen. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it could. I mean, this ha- we talked about that the podcast after he got hurt. Um, that happens sometimes with these. And I, I would, and what I would say to that is, you know, I'd feel a lot if I, if he's healthy and voluntarily not playing, I'd put the chance of him transferring way higher. Yeah. Especially what happens if Mikey does win the bowl game and they beat us. I, you know, it's like, guess, how do you then go back? You know, I guess that does, that does give a little bit more credence to the idea that he might transfer if he's just like fully healthy and, and not come back. I think my part of my worry, not want to say worry, but part of my thinking too, is like, I understand that if you're fully, you're fully cleared to practice, you're fully cleared to do all this stuff. That's cool. But like, are you, are you 100, 100%? Like, are you really like, you're completely fine, completely healed. Like you're going to go back out there and take hits. Cause he hasn't taken a hit since September. Well, I thought the whole basis so, of this conversation was that the answer to that question is yes. 
No, I'm saying so. It, it, I mean, is it? Is that the basis yeah. of the conversation? If he's not, if he's not 100, percent he shouldn't play. Yeah. No, I'm saying so. If he's, yeah, if he's not 100, percent he shouldn't play. But my thing is, if he's clear, like if he's clear to practice, like he's practicing, he practiced on Sunday. Like, it, are they? I what? Nothing. Go ahead. What did you say? Theoretically? Yeah, I did see theoretically. I don't know. I, I like they don't they don't do a full practice on Sunday. Oh well, I don't know. Gus said that he did he did a practice on Sunday, and it was a big uh, deal. Yeah. So. I don't think they do a full practice on Sunday. But Whatever. But yeah, so I think I don't know. It just it just feels like and maybe maybe part of my brain is like operating off this idea that like those like rumors, a little trickling of like if he does transfer, like wouldn't you want to keep give Mikey like the rest of his season? Like he's this whole season has belonged to Mikey anyway. So you're and worried so, your star quarterback is going to transfer. So your strategy is, well, let's not let him play. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's just you're playing UConn, who you're 30 point favorite over. And then you're playing eight point favorite. Let's not exaggerate. Was it? Yeah. It's what? Oh no, I saw it on ESPN today. It said 30 and a half. Oh, it was it would open at 20. <laughs> it's gone up because Shocking. I'm glad it's not going down. <laughs> um, all right, let me ask you a question right now. Yeah. Do we ever see Dylan Gabriel on the field for any UCF jersey again? That's a tough question to ask me. That's why I asked it. We don't ask easy questions <laughs> on the biggest podcast. Yes, we do. What are you talking about? Yeah, we do, um, but this is a tough one. Let me make it easier. Give me what a percent I know now, chance. What is the uh, percent chance we see Dylan Gabriel again? I say sixty-five percent chance we do see him again. Okay, that that's probably about where I'm at. That's okay. probably about where I'm at. Yeah, I'd say I, I I I still think it would be a mild surprise if he transfer if he transfers, but like far from out of the realm of possibility. Right. I don't think all this like rumor bs is anything like i think it's just people I, I think it's just this is the era we're in you know i think it's more transfer. speculation than anything yeah i don't think it's like dylan's indicated to anybody he's going to transfer i think it's just which, more, that's what you do now when you have a player out with an injury is you wonder which is funny because you remember after the louisville game we had the whole podcast where we were talking about like oh like what's his future looks like we talked about his legacy and we're like we could see him like if if um keen has a really good season we could see him transfer and everybody like jumped on us for like you'll remember we didn't even say keen had a really good season we said if Keen oh, yeah. just showed he could be serviceable yeah and showed he had a potential we could see him transfer and we and got everybody, jumped on that. everybody jumped on us for that and now here we are however many like, a couple months later and everyone's having the same exact speculation about like oh well like, you know, he maybe we started it maybe it all links back to us if you do the like degrees of separation we were the ones who started oh, it's pro- it's possible i don't really think that's the case i think i don't know it just if Dylan does transfer. There, there are some positives. Um, that's really not true. It'd actually be really bad. <laughs> like I'm trying to, like, I'm already like trying to like lay the silver linings out in case it happens as a defense mechanism. Um, the oh, one yeah. thing I would say is that if he leaves, obviously next year is going to be a way worse season without Dylan. Um, but then on the flip side, you look into their first year in the Big Twelve in 2023, and if he stays, then you're starting the Big Twelve with a brand new quarterback. If he leaves then at least you're either that's either going to be mikey going into being a third-year starter or castellanos as a second-year starter so that year looks more stable so i'm kind of like it's kind of a trade-off it's like 2022 will be worse but the first big 12 year might be not as rough of a transition because i hadn't really thought about that but it's true like with the way things line up now if dylan like as we're assuming stays like they're going into a power conference with a quarter with a new quarterback i mean i hope it'll be mikey but you don't know and the thing that, like, I know people are going to say in response to that is, oh, Dylan has eligibility for that year, too. Wait, but it's he's not, not staying. Like, he's not sticking around that long. I know, like, even if he obviously if he comes back next year, that'll be his last year. There's no way he's sticking around for 20. There is not a chance. There is not a chance. He's bad. There, there, literally not a chance. Um, 
I just, but then the flip side of it is if, if Dylan stays. I like how you're saying flip side and you're shaking a coin at me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I talked about a past podcast. I'm always like holding yeah. objects. I just yeah. pick up stuff on my desk and start gesturing <laughs> with it. Yeah, it's my space coin that I dropped on a previous podcast. Yep. Um, if he stays, like what happens with my, like does Mikey then transfer? Like is Mikey going to be like, I'm cool. I just showed that I can start in FBS. And now I'm going to stay on the bench for a year and then battle with Castellanos and probably another quarterback. Yeah, what, or is he going to be like? I'm going to go somewhere else. What is like? What is it with UCF and the quarterback position? Like, because we have a lot of good quarterbacks. Yeah, so it's it's problem. never like a simple like it's never a simple thing anymore. It's just like all these different layers and like oh this could happen or this could happen or this could happen, and uh, you know, I end all of it where I'm like oh we'll just see I don't know. Well, if they could stop having like freaking catastrophic injuries it would freaking help i mean that would be great i mean you like we went from milton with his almost losing his leg which is obviously by far the worst one and then we went to matt getting hurt over the summer and missing the start of the year that led to wimbush then led to gabriel then gabriel breaking his collarbone to leave the mic it's like just stop getting hurt and it would be <laughs> fine like just stop getting hurt and that's the thing is like i, I blame strength like, and conditioning apparently oh have you seen gosh. that whole thing on yeah, twitter there was decided it's strength and conditioning's fault it's like do, do you think what do you think strength and conditioning does like do you think they're out there like all right let's do let's do here we're like whip out your acl let's like stretch <laughs> it like i just like do you think like they're like like dawson was like all right dylan look like, it's it's time for your collarbone massage like i, just, I don't what do they think strength and conditioning does <laughs> You think it's well, like <laughs> Minecraft? You eat that like Skelligro crap to make your bones stronger? I, I, I like, I really, that was shocking to me. I know it's a total tangent, but that was shocking. We'd be like, wow, I can't believe these injuries. What is strength and conditioning doing? Like, it's a freaking attribute in a video game that you have to train up. I just, well, to, to bring it back a little bit, like, we talk about the injuries and stuff, but like, I was going to say, like, oh, they need to protect the quarterback better. None of the injuries have happened on like normal plays. Like, Milton's no. happened on a scramble. Max happened on like on off the field, and then the last one happened on a last minute. Like, let's pitch the ball around six hundred times. And Is try it to public how Matt got hurt? I don't. I couldn't remember. That's why I didn't say it. Okay, I'm not gonna <laughs> say it then. All right, because all right, never mind. Um, but it. yeah, I just. But it's like literally, it's like and like I. The Dylan Gabriel was my favorite. It's like yeah, I wish the strength staff had trained him how to take a knee to his chest from an opposing player. Like man, I can't believe they didn't cover that in training this week. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> And honestly, so oh, I, I will fully admit that I lost this a uh, little back and forth here. Um, well, yeah. duh. Yeah. I mean, it's not I, even, I it's not even anyway. that you're right or I'm wrong. It's just I will refuse to ever admit I'm wrong. So well, that's, that's fair, but <laughs> that's, that's actually it's 100% it. But also, I, I kind of like feel like I get your point a lot more. It's just still in my brain. I'm just like, yeah, is it worth it, though? Like, all, all the points you made were great points and were correct points. And I'm still just like, nah. I don't know. Let's let well, Mikey I, play. I, I, but I will say for everything I just said, I don't expect to see him back this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just don't. I think I, I think that earliest, if he just had like a some sort of a practice on Sunday, I'd assume that earliest he could be ready as the bowl. And, yeah. and he might not be 100% for that. So I don't know. And people are know. sitting out bowls all the time, even if they're not transferring. Or well, usually whatever, if they're going so. to the NFL. It, yeah. Is this going to be, is Dylan going to be the first guy to sit out of a bowl game to protect his transfer stock? That'll be a new era. Right. I will say if UCF loses Dylan Gabriel, that is a massive brand punch in the face because that'll be like the first like superstar to leave one team that's actually like, you know, like not extenuating circumstances, like just straight up, I'm really good. So I'm gonna go play for a better program. Not yeah. a great look. Not a great look. <laughs> Wouldn't be ideal. Um he's gonna tear it up at all miss next year. It's gonna be great. Um okay. I, ho- I hope not. But anyway, 
UCF, UCF plays UConn this Saturday. The civil conflict, conflict everybody revived in a non-conference format. We're because not you, ha- you can't let rivals re- rivalry die. <laughs> we uh, I don't think there's really much to talk about here. I think you want to just jump right into predictions. Yeah, I have nothing to say about this. Yeah, really like, All right, let's do it. Prediction. It's just weird this game is happening in November instead of like the second weekend of the season. Oh, I have one thing to say. I, I can't believe that we live in a world where UCF is changing conferences and is not planning to keep the war on I-4 alive, but the conflict will live on. That's that's great. <laughs> but anyway, I am 11 and 17 in predictions. What do you I got mean? another uh, 0 for 3 last week, so I'm 3 and 27. People are probably thinking at this point that I'm like joking. Like people think I'm probably just like messing around. <laughs> this week we should get some right. This should be an easy game to get some right. You'd hope so. Go ahead. I go, can, I go you, first? can you do your first prediction? Yeah, I want to see what you Mark Anthony Richards, who we talked about earlier, he's going to score a rushing touchdown. Simple enough. Okay, can I give you my Mark Anthony Richards one? Yes, he's going to lead the team in rushing. You know what I don't get is we've stopped talking about UCF really during the week, so we can on the podcast. Like, we still talk about them, like, you know, but, like, not in depth, and we still end up with the same opinion. Yeah. Uh, mine is Mark Anthony Richards will have a career high in carries. Oh, His current okay. career high is eight. That he said last weekend. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that. If he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't be done. I'd be very annoyed. Yeah, be so. very annoyed. Um, Mikey Keene. He's. I have a Mikey Keene one too. Okay. Um, he hasn't thrown an interception in the last two games. He's gonna do it for a third straight it. game. Three He's gonna not throw one. Yeah. Okay. I have that he will throw four or more touchdowns. Okay, I like that. He had I'm five sure against Temple, right? He had five. I'm not expecting him to beat that, but okay. this is at home yeah, it's, and it's against UConn. It's hard so. to predict someone to throw six touchdowns, but that's the thing. But yeah. four, I can live with. Oh, I have to correct you. No, no, no. I, I forgot. I, mean, I didn't say throw. I said he will have four touchdowns. Okay. So I'm cutting myself a little bit slack there. I don't think he's had a rushing touchdown this year, and I don't think he ever will since Joey Gatewood got hurt and they just put in Parker Navarro instead of let Mike <laughs> on it. But, that was yeah. one of my favorite moments of the game, I think. That was shocking. Like he literally came in and I was like, who is that guy? Yeah, I was and like, like that's Parker Navarro. And I'm like, what? I just yeah. want to point out that we've officially hit the point of the season where UCF scout team quarterback scored it in the first quarter of the game. I just want to throw that out there. Um, anyway. And we're at a point where I'm making predictions about like fourth string quarterbacks. Oh no. <laughs> what did you say about Quadri? Okay. I have on here and I cut myself a little bit of slack here. Cause I was going to say that Parker's going to throw a touchdown, but instead okay. I have a fifth different UCF player will throw a touchdown because it could be Andrew Brito. Wait, I'm confused. You're, like you're oh, to think for of, the season, you mean? Yeah, for, for the season. season yeah, yeah. Who are the four? Has jo- oh Joey that stupid pump pass yeah. thing that counts as okay. But do you All remember right. the fourth? Do you remember the fourth? Yeah, it's Mikey Dylan. Oh, who threw the pass to Dylan? Was it Ryan? Yep, Ryan O'Keefe. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I got him all. Look so I've got I've got a fifth different UCF player on the season throwing a touchdown. I forgot that Dylan has a receiving touchdown to his name. That's that's something. he had a he had a passing, rushing, and receiving touchdown in that game, didn't he? And a broken collarbone. Oh. Um, my final prediction is that yeah, UConn, that's a stat line. You, <laughs> just a little X in the corner. UConn will not score through the first three quarters of the game. Okay, I can see that happening. My score prediction, yeah, I could see it. You want my score X. prediction? Did I make one? I made one. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you see, you give 50- us all three of your, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. see, 52, UConn 14, and I feel like 14 points is generous. I, ha- uh, I have UCF 42, UConn 14. Okay. So you have 10 more points than I do. I don't see them scoring 52 just because they're coming <laughs> off you at SMU, and I feel like I should be punishing them in my score. For you want to know my thought? Yeah. They scored 49 against Temple, so how can they not score 52 against UConn? And that's the thing is, and it's, this is at home. Like, you yeah. can't tell me that UConn is better than Temple. 
Right. And I know that's not how football works. It's not like you just rank the teams up and that's how it works out. But they should, like, this game should basically just be them doing whatever they want, presumably. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, it should be better than Bethune-Cookman, but it probably won't be. And Gus doesn't know how he's going to coach because he hated the platforms. They might do something different. One of my predictions, I almost predicted that no matter what, like, the alternate thing is to the platform this week, I was going to say Gus Malzahn's still going to hate whatever coaching situation he has. But I, I like, I don't know. I feel like we should like UCF's a very innovative school. I feel like we should be looking at forms of technology that could help them. Like I there's like gotta be like, they should have borrowed the, the Monday night football, like booger mobile thing where Booker, Booger like good. went That'd up and good. down the sideline, just on a little cart, like a little, whatever that was a crane. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense at this point. I think the quadrant bowler should have to like carry him as like penance for breaking his leg. What happens? Like, what happens when he's supposed to go and play? Um, not Gus is play? out there, man. Gus oh is out there. Gosh. Oh man, this has been a podcast. He's gonna have to hand off Gus. I don't know. I don't know. This has been a podcast. I do like that they Quadrant Bullard talked to the media and actually seemed like really like kind of down talking about hurting Gus. And I'm like, I'm, why are we treating this like he did? I'm something sure wrong? he feels like, really bad about it. Obviously, but not he, like it was fault, just it was like a freak accident. Yeah. It just happened to run into him. I mean, yeah, I don't get it. I still want. <laughs> I still I need to go back and figure out who asked him if he's in the doghouse. <laughs> That's my favorite question. Yeah, is he? Is he <laughs> All right. All right. I, is this bull predict? Bull uh, projections. Yes. There we go. That's the word. I'm very excited. I haven't, to looked, get at these. Your... I haven't looked at these yet. I'm very excited. Don't know, what, don't know what we're doing. Bullseason.com still has UCF in the Cure Bowl against App State. UCF will not beat App State. <laughs> I'm confident <laughs> saying that now. UCF will not beat App State. So okay, eight and five. CBS Sports still has uh, UCF in the Military Bowl against Virginia. That uh, also eight and five. <laughs> All right. I don't know anything about Virginia this year, honestly. They have a very good quarterback. Um, Brett McMurphy has UCF still in the Hawaii Bowl against Nevada. Nevada, they Nevada. Can, no, Nevada, Nevada would beat him. Really? Eight and five. Yeah. Is Nevada, Nevada any good? I don't. They got know. a very good quarterback as well. Let me. I, skip, I, I feel like I'm just giving you talking points. So it's really interesting. Let me skip these next two because I'm gonna go to the Athletic, who also has UCF in the Hawaii Bowl against Nevada. Oh, they're putting us in the Hawaii Bowl. And that's not good. That yeah, I don't like me. that. That worries. The me. fact that two of them are aligning on that, I don't really yeah. appreciate that. Mark Schlabach that. from ESPN. Birmingham Bowl against Florida. Why do you always like grimace when you say that guy's name? Because I don't know if I'm saying it right, and I feel like I'm butchering it. Birmingham Bowl against who I missed you said. Florida. Florida? Yes. Oh, they would win, man. That (laughs) nine and four, man. I'm not even joking. Yeah. I am dead serious. That would be that. Imagine like we wanted that, we've wanted that matchup or whatever. Like we're going to get it in a couple of years, but like imagine like the first time we get that matchup when we've really been wanting it, it's in the Birmingham Bowl and both teams are just like absolutely broken. First off, that would imply that Florida is bowl eligible. And I don't true. think that that's going to happen. They're five and five right now. They still have to play FSU. I don't, I don't, Who's I don't. Who's the other agree. team they play though? I feel like they played, I don't know. Well, remember. they just played their nobody. Samford. So it's got to be, I don't know. Let's look it up. Who is Florida's other team? And then, okay, I'll give you the other one while you're looking that up. Kyle Bonagura says Fenway Bowl against North Carolina. They would not win that game. Either. Yeah, I don't um, feel, I won't feel good about that one either. But Florida has to play Missouri and Florida State. They could lose both those games. They could, they could 100% lose both those games. They could. So I'm what not going to man. They put up 70 that. points last week. What do you mean? Yeah, they did. What did the defense do again? Also, can, <laughs> can, can like that game be like the poster child for stop firing coordinators midseason? Like that is literally just a like, look, we did something. And it, it's like, it makes things worse. It's like, stop doing that. God. Yeah. Yeah, I just realized that I have no faith in UCF winning a bowl game. <laughs> we went through that. That's that's a tough realization to come to, I think, because I'm oh, now man. like, you've made me feel worse about everything. Wow. Yeah, I don't, and especially the, we didn't even we didn't even touch on. I guess we will in the news. But Bryson Armstrong's out for the year now. 
Yeah. So the defense is he's he Spoiler really alert. stepped up. Gosh. Yeah, sorry, I spoiled the news that you know whatever. <laughs> it came out two days ago, three days that ago. Came out two day. I was about, who was about to say it came out two yeah. days. All right, do the news. Jumping into the news. Um a lot of NFL, UCF in the NFL news this week. Jacob Harris, uh, his rookie season came to an end. Uh, he suffered an ACL and MCL injury against the Titans, which is I just very... totally missed that. Yeah, I did too. Didn't I know just, that. I did too. It happened last week uh, after like we already recorded the podcast early. So, um, Brashad Perriman signed with the Bucks last week. Um, I don't believe he saw the field on Sunday. I didn't see him. Um, Traquan Smith caught a touchdown in the Saints' loss to the Titans. Gabe Davis probably made the most like most noteworthy thing was made an unbelievable sideline catch in the Bills win over the Jets, and it was, like, all over the place. It was you, – you saw it, right? Yeah, it was really good. It was insane. Where has um, he been this year? He really, like – It's weird. Yeah, been part of what they're doing. It's been strange because he had a really good year last year, and I expected, oh, he'll have, like, just as large of a role, if not a bigger role this year, and he kind of yeah. hasn't. Um, Interesting. I'll have to check with our uh, friend who's a big Bills fan. Too. Yeah. Black Friday game uh, against USF will kick off at 3.30 and air on ESPN. I like that. I like the I like the three thirty time slot. I don't. I want a night game. Oh, you did. Well, it's going to be a night game by like halftime. <sighs> Thanks. Thanks. It will. That's Come exactly on. what last year I complained about. It was a three thirty, and Jason B team was like, "It'll be night by the end." And I'm like, "I don't care." <laughs> I, I like the way you said. I like the way you did Jason's voice right there. <laughs> well, he was trying to be like consoling. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, I don't end. care. When was UCF's last night game? It's been a, it's been a while. Memphis. That's it, right? Though it was a space I think game. So. Yeah, and they've gone. Yeah, then they've gone noon four, noon four, three thirty. It's like if that doesn't say we're having a bad year, I don't know what does. Yeah, it's tough. But three eh, thirty on Black Friday, not not going to be a ton of games on. I don't know. It's fine. the The twenty seventeen game was on on three thirty. That's what care. we have to. I don't hang our hats on. I don't know. I'm just looking, grasping at straws here. Uh, Kalia Davis underwent surgery on Monday and tweeted afterward that it went well. Um, so that's positive. Uh, Travis Williams nominate was nominated for the Broyles Award, uh, which is given to the top assistant coach in the country. Uh, Alex Ward was named a semifinalist for the Manley Trophy, given to the top long snapper in the country. I really, really hope he went. That would be amazing. After seeing him on the um, on our time, really, really liked. I like him. Yeah, that would really make up for the season. I think. Okay, why are you gonna just <laughs> you're just destroying everything? Um, Jermaine McMillan, linebacker, entered the uh, transfer portal last week. Um, and then this is an interesting thing that's going on. There's an oh, alternate. I forgot this happened between the podcasts. We should have talked about this. Why didn't you yeah, remind we me? Don't have time for it. We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it. Next week. There's an alternate 12 team playoff model being discussed by college football leaders. And yeah, we can get into it next week because there's it's more than uh, we have time for right now. We'll have more information next week anyway. That is true. Um, transfer commit Bless Harris has flipped to Florida State. So a uh, recruiting loss there for UCF, uh, especially along the offensive line. And as Christian alluded to earlier, Bryson Armstrong will miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL, which is going to be a tough loss. Because he came in, he came to the point where he was like the the number one guy on the defense. He was just flying all over the place. And yeah, yeah. that was unfortunate. That sucks for him for it to end like that. And I assume um, that's the end of his uh, UCF career, right? He was yeah, I think so. Yeah, that I don't sucks. think. Yeah. Injuries Unless, suck, man. I don't know if he gets, does he get an extra COVID year? I don't know. Maybe he would come back. I Who don't knows? think, I don't know. It's the so strength coaches should have, um, Strength of his ACL. Yeah. Oh, man. Three notable things. Men's soccer. Um, they won 6-0 against Memphis in Wednesday's semifinal to get to the AAC tournament final on Sunday, but lost 2-1 to one to number two, Tulsa. Uh, they finished the regular – or they finished the season 9-8 and eight, uh, overall and 6-4 and four in the AAC. Both I got I got What happened to soccer this year, man? I don't have an answer for you. 
we also had two great moments from both of the soccers was women's soccer losing and then tweeting our season has come to an end and deleting it. And then the opposite happened with men's soccer, where I think UCF Knights replied and was like, we'll see you in the NCAA tournament. And then I guess like they realized they weren't going to make it and then it got deleted. Yeah. I'm just like, this has not been a banner year for the UCF. It was soccer. weird because at different times in the seasons for both teams, it was like, it was different times too. It was like early on, it looked like women's soccer was going to like have a really good year and go to the tournament. And then they fell deep off. into the year, it looked like. Yeah. And then men's soccer got went on a run and I was like, okay, they're definitely making the tournament. And then they dropped off too. By the end, both of them missed the tournament, which is just very disappointing. Um, women's basketball, they got off to a, a nice start last Tuesday against Duquesne, winning 68 to 39. Uh, they missed a chance at a big win on Friday, losing 49 to 41 at home against number 15, Tennessee. So they're now one and one. Um, and as we're speaking, they'll be tipping off soon against Virginia on the road. And they return playing home. Tennessee that close is a good, yeah, it's good. still, it's still, it's not going to look bad on the resume. Um, and then coming back home on Sunday to play Belmont. Men's basketball is off to a 3-0 start. They won 69-59 against Robert Morris last Wednesday, then 95-89 at Miami on Saturday. Um, but, and then after those two games, uh, Darren Green Jr. was named to the AAC Weekly Honor Roll. And then last night, or Tuesday night, they won 63-54 at home against Jacksonville. So 3-0, they're going to Evansville on Saturday. I'm really excited about men's basketball right now. Women's basketball, too. I'm really excited about both basketball programs. Sure, I'm very excited about both. Uh, men's if they can get to four and go in that Oklahoma game at home, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Women's no shame in losing to Tennessee like that. I think they're on a really solid year. Very yeah. excited for both. Big, big, big excitement for both. Yes, All right, indeed. Christian, your uniform of the week. Speaking of excitement. My uniform of the week is not football. Oh, I am giving it to men's soccer. They wear their blackout ones that have won quite a few times. They, uh, they looked, they looked as nice as they always do. And I they've won like five times now. Yeah, and you can't have the tournament, but you can't have this. And um, <laughs> and also, I'm just I'm not like at this point, white white black is cursed for football. I mean, they've worn it three times, <laughs> and it's been three devastating losses. So I can't give it to that. I just can't. So, you know, it's like, I mean, I'm I'm gonna say this is crazy. I'm gonna be like, who cares? But this was like the I think this might have been the first chance for football to actually tie men's soccer for the lead, and instead, men's soccer is now pulled into a two a two game to win lead again you know so i promise soccer, i wasn't even i wasn't even planning that i didn't even know yeah. that so <laughs> men's soccer's up to nine men's, so- men's soccer's up to nine wins with pewter winning four time uh four times and blackout winning five and football stuck at seven now so wow well they'll they'll get over eventually eventually <laughs> i was expecting it to happen a lot sooner because they'll oh they could do it i mean this year they'd have to win out um, yeah basically and mm, you know what we'll see because I might want to give it to we'll see. I might want to give it to women's basketball next week if they wear the home whites because they drop these new <laughs> home white uniforms. They look freaking good, man. I feel like we need to acknowledge that. I find it funny that we get to like every uniform of the week and you're like, all right, this is what's going to win next week. <laughs> like every, I feel like every week I know I, know. I usually I usually without say fail, you're like, oh, this is probably yeah. next week. Well, I'm, who knows who will win next week? Maybe football. We don't know. Seems we like it'll know. be a, a little more open. Men's soccer's out of the running now, so that's right. But uh, I was about to say, but baseball's kind of no, they're not. Not um, quite yet. So never mind. Yep. Not quite yet. All right. That's where we're well, at. We'll get out of here. Thank you guys for sticking with us through my dogs just absolutely going off, um, barking at dogs, barking at people. Yeah, I can't wait to edit a podcast together out of all these starts and stops. Yeah, have, have fun with that. I'm, my apologies. Um, <laughs> one, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with episode 46 leading into uh, the War on I-4. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J. Adams 22 at by C.A. Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. 
Thank you guys so much for being with us and we'll talk to you next week. Bye everybody.